Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. I've got some explaining to do on the description of this episode. I've got some explaining to do on why I haven't had a podcast in the first three past three days. But before I start with all that, in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the ceiling and floor for every NFC team. That is it. There isn't a whole lot to talk about in sports. I know we've got the Red Sox to get to. That's going to be in store next episode. Hopefully there'll be an episode tomorrow. I think I've got a uh, my schedule for now looks pretty good. It always tends to change uh, minute by minute, but right now it looks good. So hopefully that's the hope. Talk about some of the little stories. There's just not much in sports right now, uh, but that's what we're going to be discussing today. So I have some explaining to do. I know it says two special guests in the description. Thomas from the tip-off, Noah. Uh, new, new, yeah, He's done one podcast with Thomas before. And they're only going to join me for the NFC um, North. And, no, not NFC North. Uh, the NFC East, I mean. Yeah, NFC East. Yeah, NFC East. That's the only division. I don't know. I can't remember my divisions today. But that's the only division they're going to join me for. And I'll explain why. Tuesday, we started recording this, right? So we go through NFC East. We get it done. We're having a good time. It was good. I think it's going to be like a 22-minute segment there. It, it was fun. It was a fun one to record. We got into some debates. It was good. Like, you're going to get a nice segment on the NFC East. If that all, all you came for was the NFC East, then you lucked out. But we go to record the NFC North, the next division that we're going to do. Anchor just decides, you know what, I'm done. I'm done for the night. Uh, we recorded a podcast on the tip-off, just me and Thomas, earlier that day on our top 10 teams heading into the NBA season. Then Noah came later. And then we went to record this podcast of mine. Anchor just decides it's not going to work. So Tuesday, I just all I could do was get that one division done. And then we kind of sat there, kept trying it. It wouldn't work. It, it was annoying because we did like an 18-minute segment. It deleted on us. So it was like, oh, it was a really fun episode, too. Uh, it was a bummer. So I'm sorry, guys. And then Wednesday, you know, Wednesdays are tough for me. I was at the beach all day, was not home all day. And then Thursday, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do an episode Thursday, right? No, I wake up sick as a dog. Oh, I, I you guys wouldn't want to listen to it. I, you guys might have unsubscribed if you heard me yesterday. Like, it wasn't really my voice, but I just couldn't think straight. Podcast is not going to happen when I was sick yesterday. It wasn't like I had a little cough or anything. No, it was bad. Oh, I was, I was, I was horrible yesterday, but... We're back today. We're going to be discussing the NFC North. Uh, I will, well, every division. Why do you keep saying the NFC North? Jeez. Anyway, we are going to be discussing the ceiling and the floor for every N- NFC team. So let's get to that. Jeez, I'm stumbling today. Okay, so first we're going to start out with the NFC East with the Philadelphia Eagles. And their ceiling, uh, in my opinion, is 13-3, and grabbing the first seed and winning the Super Bowl. Um, to me, I just think they have the roster, they have the talent. If Carson Wentz can click, uh, with that offense, I think they, they definitely have potential to win the Super Bowl. They showed us they could do it two years ago with Nick Foles. They still have somewhat of a similar roster. If Jordan Howard can come in there and help out the run game too, and that team can stay relatively healthy, they could be a contender, but it all comes down 
to really Carson Wentz, in my opinion. Carson Wentz has to click with that roster, click with that offense, and be able to stay healthy because they have no one at backup. I mean, they might as well throw me in at backup quarterback because they literally have nobody. Uh, and their backup before, I believe he had like 26 snaps, he got hurt. So, yeah, yeah they're kind of screwed. Their quarterbacks are so injury Yeah. yeah. I, and I really do like their receiving corps. Corpse though they oh, have yeah. Alshon Jeffrey. I think it, uh, it could be a little better, Nelson but it's still not bad. Nelson, Nelson, Nelson Aguilar, and you Aguilar. had Zach Ertz too. Yeah, not to mention the I'd, best tight end in one of them. Travis I think a potential breakout star. Uh, I don't want to say star, but Miles Sanders. Not even that. Um, I was going to say JJ Arcega Whiteside. Okay, yeah, just a guy that's looking like he's going to be the fourth option. Uh, you could see Nelson Aguilar taking a drip. Well, I don't want to say a drip, more like a dip. Um, in numbers, he's never really been consistent. And he, if he doesn't stay healthy, he could definitely see uh, Whiteside getting into that mm-hmm. um, third wide receiver role, and he could potentially yeah. become a good and target. Their for defense is getting older. Malcolm Jenkins is yeah, reaching Fletcher Cox. They don't want <laughs> yeah. if they get injured, then yeah, if they stay healthy, especially they, Carson Wentz yeah. again. Uh, and I before I do my floor, we'll start with the ceilings. What's your ceiling for the I Eagles? I think they can be twelve and four, a good playoff team. I don't think they can make. I don't think they can win the Super Bowl, but they can make it. They what can, if? What if? Let me just say this: Carson Wentz puts up numbers like he did in twenty seventeen well, and Car- stays completely healthy. If Carson, but yeah, but the other team has to play play very well too. He's no Tom Brady. He can't play like uh, like the best he can and like play it with scrubs. He had his his. Um, well, he's got a good his supporting his cast defense. Is good, yeah, the defense, the defense is good. Is he's got good, solid weapons. But it's just if he's got his, a great O line. If it's just if his um, if his offense gets injured or not. If they're healthy, then I think I can see them making the playoffs and going for a good. Well, I've I never really the seen. I've never really seen him play with scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, what do you think, Thomas? Uh, I think Wentz, if. Everything stays right. Yeah, if got, everyone, if that's their ceiling. Everything if stays, everything goes right, that's their ceiling. But the, but but the, but the chances of everything going right are very slim. Well, yeah. that's the that thing. One. Like, what realistically, what is their ceiling? Everything's yeah. if everything's going game. right, I could see Carson Wentz being an MVP candidate. Oh yeah, we definitely. Saw, oh yeah, you saw what he could do in that uh, twenty seventeen run. Yeah, twenty seventeen run. He was absolutely insane before that injury. Definitely, he was the front runner to win MVP. Obviously, I think Tom Brady won that year. Uh, but that was more. Was yeah, it Tom Brady? Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. it was Tom Brady who won that year. And well, that was, but that was just more due to the fact that Wentz got hurt. Well, if Wentz didn't get hurt, he would have won that MVP. What's your ceiling for them? Record ceiling was, twelve and four. Twelve in and regular four. Season. And what about in the playoffs? Uh, playoffs. Uh, NFC loss, Super Bowl loss. Super I'm gonna Bowl say. Champs. I'm gonna say their ceiling is Super Bowl loss. Okay. That's what I'm gonna say. Can I don't think good? they can win the Super Bowl. I just don't know if they're they're a really good all around team, but I don't know if they're like. That talented to they have a good all around talented team yeah. like Carson Wentz again when he's clicking with that offense and he stays healthy he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league I think the Eagles can win the Super Bowl uh, you guys think they're close so oh definitely yeah just, and- just that one thing that pushes them over the edge like let's say like they just need that like that one more piece okay fair that's fair. Uh, what about their floor? I for my for their floor at least in my opinion would be seven and nine. Uh, that would be more if Carson Wentz just doesn't do very well. Like last season when he was healthy, he struck like that team struggled. Nick Foles came in and 
Brought the them day. to the play. Save he really the saved the day once again. They went. I remember we were getting into the season. I was like, oh my God, the Eagles might not make the playoffs. And they made a great run. They won the last three weeks in a row. They made that great comeback against the Panthers. And Nick Foles came in. And then they won a round against the Bears. So I just want to see, you know, if Carson Wentz gets hurt and plays the way he did last season with that Eagles squad. I could potentially see him going 7-9 because if he played out the rest of the season and they continue playing that way, they probably were going to go 7-9. But luckily, Nick Foles came in, as you said, Noah, saved the day, and they ended up making the playoffs. But if something like that happens, they don't have that backup quarterback anymore. I could see them going 7-9 and missing the playoffs. Yeah, they could definitely miss the playoffs if there's injuries, which they're, they're going to have yeah. injuries. Everyone has injuries. It's just if they're big key components gets, get, gets in. Uh, yeah, Carson gets Wentz. Injured, Carson Wentz. And let's say Jordan Howard gets injured. They have no run game besides yeah. him. Um, uh, he struggled last year, but I think people overrated that struggle a bit. He's still pretty good. And he yeah, has potential and, to be and really good. the Bears. Um, Tariq Cohen. Yeah, they also had Tariq Cohen. So. Yeah, I see. I don't know if I see them being seven and nine, but I could definitely see them being eight and eight. I just can't imagine them being having a losing record. The only way I could, I could, yeah, because they are an injury prone team. Listen, I don't want to sit here and say with every single team, well, if injuries happen, but with the Eagles, that's very realistic. They've had injuries to their offensive line, injuries to their starting quarterback and Carson Wentz, and Nick Foles isn't there anymore to save the day. They don't have that backup quarterback anymore. and Jordan Howard hasn't exactly been too injury-prone, but their receiving corpse has been injury-prone. They've had guys on defense all around. They're a very talented Alfred team. Jeffrey's getting yes. older. They're all around. They're a talented team, but they have to stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy and Art Carson Wentz can't click with that offense like he like what we saw last season, they could definitely go 7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to move on to the Dallas Cowboys. How um, about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> it's our year. It's our year. Uh, My ceiling for the Cowboys, 11-5, and five, grabbing the three seed, losing in the NFC Divisional Round. Well, I think they can be 12-4 and four if Zeke returns. Plays. <laughs> plays and puts up the best running back, like the best stats. Yeah, which the, is possible. Running back, like for a running back in the NFL. Okay. If he's there and he is just... A beast. A beast. Yeah. They will be twelve and four, and I think they can like make, best season he's ever had. Uh-huh. I think they can make the uh, NFC Conference Championship game. Would they lose there? Would oh yeah. yeah. They, I don't think they're getting much farther because like I can see team other teams like the yeah. Saints beating them in yeah. that, that thing or something like that. But if Dak Prescott plays well, Zeke plays well, and then their defense uh, uh, performs with them, I can see them going twelve and four and. Uh, making it to the NFC Championship game. What about you, game. They have good offensive line, too. Yeah. And Amari Oh, yeah, Cooper, they have a great offensive line. Amari Cooper yeah. played amazing there when he, oh, yeah, he got traded from the Raiders. So if 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 all those pieces are clicking, I think I can see them going 12 and 4. Okay. Uh, I think the real X factor for this team is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott looked like a beast in his first season. You know, really, Tony Romo went down, and he really pulled them out of the water. They were an awesome team, uh, to be honest. And now he's just kind of been average. average. He had a sophomore struggle that second year. And yeah, then... and he just has kind of been an average quarterback ever since. So I think he's the huge X factor. Like we said, we saw Amari Cooper. We saw what he could do uh, last season with the Dallas Cowboys. If Dak Prescott is throwing to his best ability, maybe that means we're going to see Amari Cooper at his best ability. We know what Zeke's going to give, it provided he's healthy and he's playing. And we know his production. Zeke is their best player. So Dak Prescott doesn't even need to do all all the yeah. stuff. He just mm-hmm. has to get good completions and can't throw interceptions. Yeah. So if he doesn't throw interceptions, keeps that defense off the field for. And a he can bit. maybe yeah. get a score or two. Yeah. Defense. 
The defense is questionable. I, I look at guys like uh, Demarcus Lord. Yeah, there's a secondary. Don't get me started. The, but you've got awesome. guys like uh, Leighton Vander Ash. Um, uh-huh. uh, Lawrence. No, no uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Who am I forgetting? They're Sean Lee. He's good too when healthy. Really so healthy. their front seven isn't bad, but the secondary is really yeah. kind of weighing them yeah. down. For me, though, the Cowboys, I just can't see them getting past the second round. They did get past the second round last season, which I was shocked. I thought the Seahawks were going to beat them. I was wrong. Um, but I just kind of look at them, and I could see them potentially going to the NFC Championship game. I wouldn't count it out, but I just doubt it. I just really do. They've, they've struggled to have playoff success. I look at a guy like Dak Prescott. How far can Dak Prescott take a team? You know, it depends. Like, how good is the supporting cast? Like, Jared Goff, Yes. I'd say Jared Goff's a little better than Dak Prescott, but mine but, not by a whole lot. They're like the same tier. But Jared Goff have that had incredible, incredible, incredible yeah. start, uh, supporting cast, and he had an incredible coach. When I look at Dak Prescott's situation, though, <laughs> Dak Prescott has Jason Garrett. Mm, yeah. He should have been fired a long time ago. He's had way too many chances. Yeah, because Zeke, Zeke and Todd Gurley are on the same level there, yeah. so he has the same support in the run game. But I look at the receiving corps. Jared Goff's loaded. I mean. Outside of that, uh, Amari Cooper, who yes, does he, he have? He has no one. No, so, I mean, he's really done – well, Michael, Michael Gallup. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, Cole Beasley went to Cole the Beasley, Bills. Yeah. So, so, he went to the Bills. So, outside of Amari Cooper, I just don't know what they have. Yeah, and when the Rams have a Brandon Cooks. Yeah, uh, um, Robert Woods, Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup. helps it be uh, – yeah. healthy to beast. They were Great missing a tight end either. given, but still, I yeah. mean, that's like, well, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jason I – <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I just look at it, and then defensively, the Rams were a beast defensively. The you Cowboys have, were average. You have maybe one of the defense best defensive player ever on Aaron def- Donald. Yeah, and then the rest of the supporting cr- uh, crew was great. They they were such a talented team. The Rams. I look at the Cowboys. Their defense is eh. They have some solid linebackers. They've got a good pass rusher or two in that front four, and then overall as a front seven as a unit, they're pretty good. But it's nothing fantastic, and then yeah. especially when you look at the secondary, their defense isn't that great. He doesn't. He has solid weapons, but overall, they're just an average team. I just can't the see only, them going. The, the, the only way they they be twelve and four if Zeke just goes off. Yeah, but they're they're like they're they're like they're low. I think they could like be six and eight and not make the playoffs. They're four, if, so you're four yeah, six floor. and eight. If because if they don't have Zeke, you have okay. you have Dak Prescott relying on his. Arm and yep. quarterback ability throwing to Amari Cooper, which I just don't trust. Okay, I don't trust him enough to be able to carry a team like that. So I think they'll be successful. The good thing is, is that if Zeke, for like for whatever reason, if he doesn't play or if he's injured or whatever, I do believe that Alfred Morris can at least hold down the fort at running back. He is the backup running back now. Like, I just believe Tony he- Pollard. Tony oh, Pollard? Yeah, so, oh, uh, yeah, I'll explain. Alfred Morris bounced back and forth from the Cowboys to the Redskins. I'm not even sure if he's still on the team, to be honest with you. Tony Pollard was a fourth-round pick. They got out of Memphis. He played in this preseason in week one. He had four rushes for 16 yards. And, um, yeah, just know it off the top of my head. Oh, man. Uh, but they don't really want to show him too much in the preseason because they, I think they were planning on starting him if Zeke – doesn't play. He looks like a, you know, like they have shown trust in this guy, but I'm not sure. He, he won't be any Zeke, but hopefully he can at least hold up the fort there. I mean, I don't know how much you can yeah, rely on I, that. I right don't, yeah, I don't rely on him. 
I don't really know much. I don't know too much about them, but my floor for this team would be eight and eight or seven and nine. I kind of stumble between the two. I do think now that I think about it, if Zeke doesn't play, let's say Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, that duo is being a little too hyped up. And, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Sean Lee continue to be banged up. I could see him going maybe seven and nine. Yeah, I think seven and nine would be my floor for them. Maybe eight and eight, but I'll go with seven and nine as my final bet there. So now we're going to move on to the Washington Redskins. Uh, my ceiling for the Redskins, seven and nine. I just don't like this team. They have a cupcake of a schedule, though. So you might want to bump. You could potentially bump the Redskins up to eight and eight just because they have a cupcake of a schedule, but I couldn't because I hate the Redskins. I really do. I have no belief in their future. I just don't see the pieces lining up. Their defense is, you got guys like Ryan Kerrigan and Josh Norman, but they're really just average defensively, maybe slightly over average. Their offense is just atrocious. You know, they have Trent Williams, who's a good left tackle, but he's already 31. He doesn't line up with the timeline, and he wants out. So, overall, their <laughs> offensive line isn't really that good. Who's the um, quarterback? Dwayne Haskins, don't play him. Colt no, McCoy? no, sit him as much. It's either Colt McCoy or Case Keenum. Case no, I want to stay away from them too. Why but would, you know what? At this point, that's the best. Why option. wouldn't you want to start Haskins? No, you don't. No, 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 no. no. Did you, you see what he just did in the preseason? He's, he's going like two interceptions. Yeah, he's, he's not oh, NFL big deal. It's preseason. He, he's not preseason. So you're telling me if he throws two interceptions oh. on 14 pass attempts in the preseason, it's going to be better in the real game? Well, okay. I think. But I think he can start some games yeah and later in the season later in the season season. not early not early he's not nfl ready case mckeenum is case keenum is a good veteran quarterback he brought the that vikings team all the way to the um nfc yeah he that was that was such a system job though you did you see what he did in denver yeah i know but like i think that if case keenum will just teach him Teach Dwayne Haskins. Okay, yeah, that's fair. He could teach him some tech. But and then, not, Thomas, you said Dwayne Haskins. No, 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 no. If maybe if it's week sixteen, week seventeen. Oh yeah, hold up, hold he up, is hold not up, NFL hold ready. Up. Why wouldn't you start him? What do you have to lose? You stink. Look at all these quarterbacks that have been rushed in. Yeah, yeah. I look at all like Nathan Peterman. I, mean, I don't want to say he's the next Tom Brady or anything, but he had some athletic ability. He at least had some potential. You oh, my him God. In. He, he did. He, huh? did. he, he did. He did. so much good potential. Do you look at John Gruden's, like, on tape? I mean, I see some potential here, but he's rushed in. He had some nightmare starts. His career may ne- never be the same because of that. Dwayne Haskins, you might say, oh, well, what do you have to lose? You saw well, Jared look, Goff get yeah, rushed in. Yeah. And he, his luckily, was, oh, yeah, luckily, yeah. you know, the system's kind of carried him ever yeah. since. But, you know, what are the odds the Redskins are? going to do that. Not yeah. very good. Well, so I look at the Redskins situation and I say if you rush Dwayne Haskins in, one that's potential for injury because all their quarterbacks get injured. Alex Smith, uh, RG3, go down the line. Their offensive line is not good. So he could either get hurt. No yeah. receiving core, core whatsoever. So if you if you rush him in, he's not going to do good. Okay, but here, here's my my take with that. Dance, I'm, not saying, yes. I'm not saying that you need to like fully go out there and start on all 16 games. But what I'm saying is, at least if they're losing by 30, which will happen a lot, throw him in the game. Yeah. See okay. what will happen. See what he can create That's on fair, offense. You said start him week one. Well, no, I never said that. I yeah, said, you said, I think you you said the quarterback's Dwayne Haskins. I think that's what they should be focusing on. You're gonna yeah, they like, should be focusing on Dwayne Haskins. You, that doesn't mean start him. You, did I ever say start him? Or no, I just him. said make him Don't your, rush him your in, no. quarterback. This... When I when I say that, I just mean let Case Keenum help. Let Case Keenum help in his development. Just 
Let him in the games if you're winning by 30 or losing by 30. See what he can do on offense. Okay, that's um, fair. That's like I'm, in the game, I'm not like saying completely team. start him okay, and brush that's him right what it from sounded the get-go. Like, because you said their yeah. quarterback's Dwayne Haskins. Or week 15, 16, 17, if they're like yeah. 2 and 12, okay, let yeah, him go in that, and do his stuff. Yeah, don't, 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 you know, if all of a sudden the offensive line's starting to be, if it's a wreck by then, I, I, I still play him for some drives, but I don't want to risk getting him hurt, though, just because they, they have too many quarterbacks get injured. And But I, 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 I still play him, but I don't know. Darius, guys, okay, pronounce yeah. his last name, um, is really, really good. He, I think he's going to be a yeah, great guy. He tore his ACL last season, uh-huh. and now he's coming back. So. I think he's going to be a good, a good. Not this year. He won't be good this year. He will be good next year. No, it'll be a good, no, it'll no, be no. a good option for the Redskins because they have nobody. Okay, nobody. That is true. Adrian, the only way that the and win any games is if Adrian Peterson really like that returns to form. Well, that is true. One, is he even going to start? Two, they're going to be down. You can have uh, double running backs. I understand, though, like Alvin yeah. Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram last. I understand, yeah. but if you're, they're going to stink. They're going to be really bad. Yeah, they are yeah. going to be throwing the football all the way down the field because they're going to be having to come behind from all of these games. Darius guys may get some early run time in, but if the offensive line can't really hold up and do anything. I wouldn't say the Redskins are going to get blown out every game like you're saying. Yeah. They are. They're not good. They no, stink. just because you're not good doesn't mean you blow every game. I've seen teams go 0-4 but lose every game by like six points. Yeah. And their schedule is a, a piece cupcake. of cake. Oh, my God. It's a cupcake. It really no is. One... It's like it's like a walk through the park, except the they Redskins are so bad. They're like a walk through the park, but they're drunk. So it's basically <laughs> like this is this is so easy. You're set up. But the Redskins are like, oh, and they're like falling off the path. Like Jordan Reed like, still, right? Jordan Reed still plays for that uh, Yeah, but he's all constantly banged up. He's not the same. <laughs> yeah, when's he going to be healthy? So if Jordan Reed plays, I, I can see them going six and, De- and Adrian Peterson plays well. I can see them going six and eight, but. Literally six and Tyler, eight. So you mean six and ten or eight uh, and eight? Eight and eight. Sorry. Okay. Literally eight and eight. The Tyler there. Eifert of the of the uh, NFC. Like, okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I just can't seven and nine because yes, they have a cupcake of a schedule, but yeah. I just hate their team. So seven, seven and nine. Maybe seven. They're seven four, nine. three and thirteen. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Somewhere in the middle of that. They're if, not going to make the playoffs. If 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 Dwayne Haskins plays horrible, let's say or Case Keenum even. Just. Yeah. Let's say their O lines banged up. And they they don't really have any running threats besides Adrian Peterson. If Adrian Peterson returns to his Vikings mm-hmm. form, then we'll win. But Vikings, oh, that's no esteem. Yeah, yes. maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, go for a ten mile run tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it could it could happen. But yeah, it won't. It won't. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna move on to the New York Giants. Some people have called this ceiling <laughs> disrespectful. Some people have called the ceiling, well, mostly Giants fans, just because, you know, they're salty Giants fans. Their ceiling, 6-10. and ten. Like, they're bad. They are bad. And they're throwing the towel in the season. I'll give you 7-9. and nine. I'll give you that. No, no, 6-10. No, I'll give you 7-9. But 6-10 and is my ceiling. I'll give you, if you put up, if you say 7-9, and nine, I'll give you that. But nothing past that. They suck. They I, suck. What, what else can I say? They, they tell me, someone told me, a ceiling of six and ten is downright disrespectful, and I said, "Not my fault. They suck." <laughs> Listen, what do you what do you want me to put their ceiling as? They're bad. Offense, uh, um, I mean, awful defense. It's it's not good. It's not great. I thought their defense used to be underrated. I still think it's a little underrated, but it's not it's very not good. They should no. rename they have... their playbook Saquon because that's literally that, all that's they all have. they're gonna do. Give it to Saquon. Fantasy football owners, draft Saquon. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah. 
Might have I don't want to spoil carries. both these guys right here in my fantasy football league, so I don't want to say if Saquon's the best player or not. But oh come on, we all know he's the best player, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. especially uh, if you told now. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is Christian the, McCaffrey anyone? No, no. This is the, no, this right. is the game plan for the Giants this year. What Saquon? Yeah, Hunt, Saquon. Hunt, yeah. Saquon. I mean, maybe oh. a little reverse or a little flip. Throw to Saquon. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think Saquon. there's yeah. any debating this. My floor Sterling for them. Shepard's injured. He just got injured. Um, who else got injured? Corey Cole. Their whole receiving core is done. Yeah. And then there's Evan Ingram. I mean, he he's could just go good. off yeah, because the he's the only one left. Yeah. We, should call, we should call him the Odell curse. Literally, since Odell left, everything went wrong. Well, and if and, but they didn't get Jabril Evan, Peppers defense. Yes, I love him. But if if they can't, don't do anything. If the rest of your defense sinks. If if if. Um, and Evan Ingram can't really do anything because no one's going to throw him the football. They, Daniel Jones is not good. Yes, he, 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 yes, he, no, giving it to Saquon. And Eli Manning's just old. Yeah. Just My floor now. for them is 3-13. and 13. I could debate 2-14. Two 2-14. Two and two I could debate that, too. Yeah. I want to say it's a similar situation with the Redskins where I do want them to start Daniel Jones early, see what he can do with Saquon. But like you said, with the rushing in, I Don't just like I said, like I said, mm, yeah. another team that's going to be really bad. So if the, down here's a lot, the thing though, I feel a little in. more comfortable with Daniel Jones than Dwayne Haskins for these reasons. One, just the Redskins, they constantly get rush quarterbacks in, get them all banked up. Not necessarily the same with the Giants. I mean, they've had Eli Manning for the past 17 years for who knows, but at least I feel like with the J- Daniel Jones compared to Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones is more NFL ready. Yes, but I, the one thing I think that Haskins is the one reason I think Haskins is going to be better is because Haskins has something to prove. He was drafted very late. Well, then what Daniel Jones was good. Well, here's and, the thing. Daniel, Daniel Jones has to prove the haters wrong because yes. he might have been drafted way higher than expected and Dwayne Haskins a lot lower. But here's the thing. Dwayne, that comes with haters as well. And Daniel yeah, Jones has I know, to prove but Daniel, Daniel Jones is also scared because he was the sixth pick, and he was not. I bet you that he was not ready for that. Maybe the Giants called him, whatever. Yeah, he's but, probably like taking a nap, getting ready for the third round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't. I just don't trust him. I. I don't know. I just I, don't trust. He definitely looking at the preseason. He definitely showed more oh, patience he, than yeah. Dwayne Haskins. Like he showed that he was. He was more collected. Like Dwayne yes, Haskins seemed like he was Dwayne, forcing things. Yeah, because I think Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne like, Haskins got potential, but he will he sit back and wait. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we're going to go move on to the NFC North. Yep. I'm sorry, guys. Again, just me from here on out. No Colin, no Noah, no Thomas, because Anchor acting up. It's not my fault. Go call up Anchor and say, you know, get more of a Anchor's a great thing to use, I'm, I'm telling you. But every once in a while, I'll act up on you, and it's frustrating, okay? That's what you get with the free podcast maker. I'm sorry. We're at the start here. Once we build up, start getting more plays, we'll, we'll upgrade the equipment. But listen, it's not my fault. Anchor doesn't usually do this. It's done it to me a few times, but I just it just wouldn't work. So now it was going to be them the whole episode, but now it is just me. So we are moving over to the NFC North. First, I'm going to start with the Chicago Bears. Uh, my ceiling for the Bears is 12-4, and four, grabbing a two-seed and losing in the NFC Championship game. In the playoffs. Uh, listen, I think this Buffalo. Um, Buffalo. That isn't Buffalo. The Buffalo Bears. That. The Chicago Bears. I think this whole regression is being a bit. Um, 
I don't know, overrated. I think they could definitely suffer some regression, but I feel like it's just something that people are just making up. They lose Jordan Howard, who they've seen to move on from. That's about it. And all of a sudden, people just pull out of the bag of tricks. Like, they're just going to regress. And then Ike just kind of caught on. Like, one person said they were going to regress, and now everyone else is saying it. I think it's possible that the Bears suffer some, from some regression, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the Bears still have a very high ceiling. I don't see the Bears making the playoffs. I just think their offense is too weak. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, even if he takes a big, you know, a solid leap this year in his development, I'm not sure he's ready for you know take that big of a, a leap playoff wise. They should probably should have won last year, mostly due to their defense. Their offense didn't play very well, and then uh, Cody Parkey kind of choked at the end. I do think that's a bit overrated the choke as well, just because the Eagles did block it. He did choke, but still, you get my point. I just think the Bears. NFC Championship game is fair. I think they could do solid in the regular season. I do think it would it would also help, you know, if they go twelve and four. I think it, stuff would factor in like the Lions have a like four and twelve season. The Packers don't play very well, and the Vikings are like average, something like that as well. But I think you look at the Bears; like their defense is probably the best in the league. Their offense and offense isn't great, but I could see them going twelve and four if their defense plays the way we expect. And maybe Trubisky is a little better than we think. Cohen plays up to par, stuff like that. I think the Bears could be a good team. My floor for them seven and nine, missing the playoffs. Listen, the regression is possible. The Bears losing record could potentially happen. Their defense is going to be very good. There's no doubt about it. But if that offense really falls flat on its face and the division plays a little better than we expect, the Bears could go 7-9. Maybe the defense ends up disappointing a little bit. Who knows? Maybe they get a little cocky or maybe they suffer some injuries. I don't know. But I could see the Bears regressing. But I still think that ceiling that is there where they kind of are one of the better teams in the NFL – going 12-4, and four, making the NFC Championship game. I think the uh, floors, uh, the ceiling's there for the Bears, but I also think that regression is possible. Now we move on to the Green Bay Packers. This ceiling has triggered some people for some reason. Maybe it triggers you, but I'll explain in a minute. My ceiling for the Packers, 13-3, and three, having the one seed in winning the Super Bowl. I'm not a big believer in the Packers. Am I, I'm not a big hater in the Packers coming up and kind of right, right in the middle. But when I look at this Packers team, I think they could go all the way. Am I saying they will? No. I think they very may, frankly, have the highest ceiling, lowest floor in the uh, National Football League. They've one of them. I look at this Packers team, Aaron Rodgers might be the one of the most, I want to say the most talented quarterback in the league, but I think Patrick Mahomes has now taken that throne. But he's arguably the most, still the most talented quarterback in the league. Um, one of the most talented players in the league still, but just to keep it as position, arguably the most talented quarterback in the league. Um I look at the weapons around him. This whole supporting cast around him has got better. I think Matt LaFleur has to be an upgrade over Mike McCarthy. This is a huge make-or-break season for uh, Aaron Rodgers because if he plays poorly, we're going to look at that, you know, him as like, this is a guy who can't blame Mike McCarthy because he couldn't play under Matt LaFleur, stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers this season to play well. 
and kind of get along with his surroundings. Uh, but he's got a new system that should work better with him. Uh, I think, you know, his weapons around him at least got a little better, especially his run game. Hopefully the run game plays up to par. And if it does, then that should really help him out. And then the defense. The defense has got much better. It's uh, very underrated. Uh, I forget who it was. Jeez. Um, who was it? Someone. I'll find it here. But somebody did a top five defenses in the NFL, right? And in that top five defense, they had the Green Bay Packers. Now, I totally disagree. I want to see. This is an NFL analyst, by the way. So I want to see who this is because that's absolutely ridiculous. But they considered the Packers a top five defense. Now, that is just horrible. Uh, let me see who it is. Rex Ryan. Uh, he's an analyst for ESPN now. Has the Packers as the fifth best defense entering the 2019 season. Or the top five defenses in the NFL are going to be or would be, will be going into the season. Bears at one, Ravens at two, Redskins at three, which is just horrible. Chargers at four, Packers at five. But he looks at the Packers as a top five defense. Now, do I disagree? Yes, the Packers, yards-wise, were 18th in the league last season. But they did make improvements. I like some of the improvements they made in the draft. They did lose out on Clay Matthews. But Matthews was starting to just get banged up. Wasn't what he used to be. That defense should be better. And I think with the better offense as well, that should help up the defense as well. Listen, I think the sky's the limit for this team. They've got a ton of talent. Am I saying they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. No, I don't even think they'll win the NFC. But I'm not even saying they'll make the playoffs. But they have a very high ceiling. They're floored though, 7-9. They could go from Super Bowl champion to a losing record. Listen, this division's a wild card, so are the Packers. I do think, you know, if the, you know, last season, what was the record last season? Six and ten? Something like that. So yeah, I think it was six and ten the season before it was four and twelve or four eleven and one, something like that. So, you know, they went six and ten last season. I do think the offense, uh, the whole team overall should be at least a little better. So, seven and nine is my floor, but this team has a very high ceiling, very low floor. Am I saying again, am I saying they go 13 3 win the Super Bowl? No. Am I saying they'll even make the playoffs? No. But I could, if they play up to their highest standards, they can win the Super Bowl. They have the talent to do so. I guess we'll just have to see if it really happens. Next, we'll move on to the Minnesota Vikings. My ceiling for the Vikings is 12-4, and four, grabbing a three seed and losing in the NFC Divisional Round. This is same record as the Bears, one seed lower, one round lower. It's debatable. I think the Bears have a slightly higher ceiling. I just think the Bears have – the Vikings have a little bit better of an offense, in my opinion. And Mitchell, I, I can't really put – this is possibly uh, a bad debate just because I'm saying – I say Kirk. the reason I am losing the NFC Divisional round is because Kirk Cousins is just a soft quarterback for me. I, I just don't – I think he's soft. I don't think he's a guy that can win in, you know, big clutch moments and big playoff games. I just don't see him as that type of guy. But you're saying Aiden, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, yeah, we haven't seen too much, but like last season he didn't play that well. It doesn't really feel like he, he'd be like a similar player, you know? And I'll say, yeah, that's fair, but the Bears' defense. Peyton Manning, I'm not saying Peyton Manning wasn't a player that could win in big moments, but when he won with the Broncos in his last season, 
Was he a good quarterback? No. The defense carried them. Am I saying the Vikings have a bad defense? No. But I think the Bears can take their team a bit farther than the Vikings, especially because, yes, quarterback-wise, the Bears and Vikings would be in a similar position going into the playoffs, but at least Kirk Cousins has a little better weapons. But I think you add up those little better weapons compared to the Bears' defense. Listen, the Vikings' defense isn't a whole lot worse than the Bears' defense, especially comparing last season. And I think the Vikings' defense is underrated, but I think the Bears is the best in the league. I think the Vikings lost some pieces this season, uh, and I think they're, they're, their defense is crumbling a little bit. It's still very good, but they lost a few pieces, and I think the Bears' defense is very, very elite. I don't know if it's what the Broncos were when they had Peyton Manning, but it's, you know, I, it's – Right around that tier. The Vikings, no. I think the Bears' defense could take that Bears' Bears offense a little farther than that Vikings' defense could take Kirk Cousins. Not specifically that offense, because Dalvin Cook could have a great year. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, that's a great great core to have. But uh, Kirk Cousins just kind of weighs them down in those big moments. That's how I look at it. And their floor is 8-8. Eight and eight. Their floor isn't as low as the Packers and the Bears. Uh, I just think when you look at all around, they're a solid team. I've always liked the Vikings. I could potentially see them going 7-9 if they really disappoint, suffer some injuries, and the division plays really well. Guys like the Bears, the Packers, maybe the Lions win a game or two more than expected, something like that. Uh, but I, I didn't eight and eight. I think it's a fair uh, floor for this team. I just think there's a lot of talent there. And even though Kirk Cousins may be soft for those fourth quarter big moments and those playoff moments, that is the regular season to be fair. And I still think all around the Vikings have a very good team. Now we're going to move on to the Detroit Lions. My ceiling for the Detroit Lions is a uh, seven and nine record, missing out on the playoffs. I just don't see the Lions making the playoffs. Some people hype them up a little bit after their free agency, where they picked up guys like Trey Flowers and Danny Amendola, players like that. But let's not hype it up too much here. I I do hope the new system should uh, give Matt Stafford a bounce-back season. I'm not saying Stafford will get better talent-wise. He seems to be aging and on the decline. Uh, when we recorded this podcast, when it was originally, uh, Thomas from the tip-off said, I think, I, I think Matt Stafford will start to decline this season. And I said, if you're going to say he started declining this season, you're wrong because he, he started declining last season. Here are your options with Matt Stafford. You can say either he started declining last season and he's going to continue that into this season or he'll have a bounce-back year this season. Okay, Matt Stafford, talent-wise, isn't going to get any better. He's already 33. And he is simply just not going to start the decline this season because he did last season. Last season was the start of the decline for Matt Stafford. Uh, We didn't see any fourth-quarter comebacks. We saw much more checkdowns from Matt Stafford. I could blame some of that on the play calling in the system Matt Stafford was playing in. Hopefully that's the scenario. If that's the problem and Matt Patricia comes in and changes the system and whatnot and they maybe get a new play caller there, um, Matt Stafford could potentially have a bounce-back season. And we could see a little less checkdowns, maybe one more magical fourth quarter uh, from comeback from Matt Stafford. That would be nice. But the Lions, to me, they've got some good pieces here and there. I love Kenny Galladay. love Trey Flowers. 
uh, guys like that. But he, my problem is I just don't think all around as a roster they're very good. Matt, Matt Patricia has to uh, prove more as a coach, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And overall, that division is, you know, those top three teams are pretty boom or bust uh, between the Vikings Bears and Packers, but nonetheless, I just see them all being better than the Detroit Lions. My floor for the Lions, four and twelve. I think you know there's enough talent to go over three and thirteen on this Lions team, but four and twelve, I say, is a, a good floor for them. I just don't see them doing too much there in the NFC North. So now we are going to go ahead and move over to the NFC South. All right, so. In the NFC South, we're going to start things off with the New Orleans Saints. My ceiling for the Saints is 13-3, and grabbing the one seed, winning the Super Bowl. Same as the Packers, and you're saying same ceiling as the Packers. Well, they both have very high, they both have basically the highest ceiling you can get in the NFL, basically. I mean, it's hard to go over 13-3. and It's just super, super rare. Uh, you know, 16-0s only happened once or twice, I believe. I think the Patriots did it once, the Giants and the Bears, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, yeah, it's just rare to see a team, and then the Panthers went 15 and one a few years ago. So it's just rare to see a team go over 13 and three. And I'm gonna try to keep things realistic. And they are obviously gonna grab the one seed, and they're gonna win the Super Bowl. The Saints could win the Super Bowl. Now I think people could, people, a few people have seen regression, potential regression from the Saints. Um especially due to Drew Brees. A lot of people think Drew Brees is going to regress this season. I could definitely see that happen. But I also think the Saints are going to run the ball a lot to conserve his arm, and that's going to cover up some his regression. Different scenario, but same type of thing. Like Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is kind of a shell of what he used to be, but I think the Patriot systems kind of covered up a lot of that regression. People are starting to see that regression, but it's covered up. I think he'd be a lot worse in another system. I really do. I'm not saying over his career. I'm saying he'd still be a good player of his career, but now he's hitting 42. He could still be a solid quarterback, but I think the system's definitely helping him out a lot. Um, I just look at the Saints team, and I just think there's a ton of talent all over. I think outside of Michael Thomas, they do need a, a better weapons, especially if, you know with Drew Brees. If he's going to be on decline like Michael Thomas is one of the best receivers in the league but they don't have anyone else outside of Michael Thomas and that is what scares me about this Saints team is because with Drew Brees you know if he regresses or if Michael Thomas is a little off his game or even gets hurt that could be their air attack could be a problem and they rely on their air attack so I think you've got to hope between Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, they've got to stay healthy, and I think you've got to hope Drew Brees can stay healthy and not suffer too much regression here because between Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, you're really relying on them, and you can't rely on Drew Brees to throw you know, 35, 40 passes a game, so you have to hope Kamara plays well this season and stays healthy. Uh, and then defensively, I think they're a bit underrated. I think they have a very good roster all around. Um, defensively, again, they're underrated. They've been able to get to the quarterback, force turnovers. They've been able to do the whole shebang. And overall, I just think they're a good team. Not to mention Will Lutz. Good good kicker there. Uh, so, overall, I guess all around, they just have a good team. But I think offensively, what scares me about this team is the potential regression of Drew Brees and their receivers outside of Michael Thomas. 
And my floor for this team's 10 and 6, grabbing the 6 seed, losing in the NFC wildcard round. I could potentially see them going 9 and 7 or 8 and 8 and missing the playoffs, but I decided to stick with the Saints just pretty much as a lock making the playoffs. Kind of, this is similar uh, ceiling to the in Florida, the Chiefs here. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a chance that between like the Chiefs and the Saints, they can, they potentially, they do miss the playoffs. But I, I just kind of sit here and I say there's too much talent on that Saints roster. But I do have to remember it was just a few years ago they had so many 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight seasons. So I think it's possible they miss the playoffs, but I don't see it happening. Next, we'll move on to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, my ceiling for the Falcons is 12-4, and four, grabbing the two-seed and losing in the Super Bowl. So, right, I think between the NFC championship game and a Super Bowl win, that's a reasonable ceiling for this team. The Falcons almost did it a few years ago. Why not again? I'm a believer in this Falcons team. I think they can have a bounce-back season. Last year, Matt Ryan still put up great stats. He's probably the most one of the most underrated quarterbacks in football. They have a great uh, overall receiving core. Uh, their wide receiver trio is great between Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu. Austin Hooper's not a bad tight end. Their all, uh, offensive line isn't horrible. Their interior offensive line was not good last season, and that really killed them. Hopefully, you know, they their upgrades there end up panning out, because if they do, that'll make Matt Ryan even better. It, what you really have to scare you outside of the interior uh protection and their running game on offense because they did lose Tevin Coleman. Devontae Freeman's just coming right off an injury, so it is a bit risky there. But their defense all all together, I mean, they were really banged up last season. They lost Robert Alford in free agency to the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, it'll be tough for the Falcons to make it to the Super Bowl just because, yes, you have to love their air attack. I mean, their air attack's one of the best in the league. But the interior offensive line kind of killed them last season. I'm not sure what they're going to have for a run game. Their defense last season really struggled, was really banked up. Are they going to be able to come and bounce back? But if all those things can go right, the Falcons can make it to the Super Bowl. I'm just not sure that'll happen. And that my floor for them is 8-8. Eight and eight. I'd probably bump that down to 7-9, and nine, honestly. I wish i put that a little more thought into that. I'd probably give them a floor of 7-9. and nine. Uh, because if all of a sudden the Saints play, you know, 12 and 4 football, maybe the Panthers are in the race for the wild card and the Bucks kind of surprise, at least with like an 8 and 8 record, there's probably going to be one bad team in the division. I'm not saying all that will happen, but, you know, I mean, if the defense really struggles, like, what did they go last season? 6 and 10? So, yeah, last season they really struggled, and I do think they should be at least a little better this season, but. You never know. So last season they really were disappointing and struggled. And, I mean, they should be a little better this season, but I don't know how much better, honestly, on paper. So we'll see how the Falcons do. I, I mean, I, I, I like their roster, but then there are some real big holes between the run game, interior offensive line, and their defense. I just don't know how they're going to bounce back from all those injuries. And now we're going to move over to the Carolina Panthers. My ceiling for the Panthers, 10-6, grabbing 5 seed, losing in the NFC Divisional Round. I'll admit, not a believer in the Panthers at all, but I had to give them props 
uh, and credit where credit is due because the Panthers have the potential to make the playoffs. I think I might have even put that floor uh, ceiling a little too high. Fifth seed, NFC divisional round loss, but I don't think that's too, too bad. I don't see them making too, too much noise in the playoffs, but I think if they get there, they could do something. I'm just not a uh, fan of their team. I just irrationally don't like them because I just think they're a hot mess. Cam Newton's a good quarterback when healthy, but that's the key word, when healthy. Him and North Turner have not found out a good system. His shoulder has been hurting him. Last season, he really couldn't throw the ball. He turns it over a lot when he has that shoulder injury. I love Christian McCaffrey, but I feel like if you run your system through your running back, it, nowadays, it's so hard to succeed. Like, yeah, the Cowboys do did it with Zeke, at least. We don't know if I'll ever play a game with them again, but... I mean, I just feel like if you run your system through a running back, I can't really take you too, too seriously. I mean, maybe if it was 10, 20 years ago, even 30 years ago, yeah, that's totally fine. That's normal. But in today's league, it's a passer's league now, nowadays. Like, no team runs the ball over 50% of the time. And, yeah, I mean, it can be a catching back. But you get my point, like a, a you know, like a guy like Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, like thrive out of the backfield as well. Not only just running the ball, you get my point. Like pass catchers that can also run the ball on any down. Um, but I just look at the Panthers and I kind of sit there and say, I think Christian McCaffrey would have to really just go off this season. I think Cam Newton's shoulder would have to be uh, really just not really that big of an issue. I think he'd have to really return somewhat close to his 2015 MVP form, which I just don't see happening either. And I think they just have to – their offense would have to be a bit surprising. Same with their defense. I think Luke Keekley would have to do a lot there. I just don't know. I just don't believe in this Panthers team, but they do have the ceiling to go to the playoffs. My floor for them, 7-9. I might go ahead and bump that down to 6-10. and 10. I just look at this Panthers team and I say, Cam Newton's shoulder kind of concerns me. I don't know, you know, the receivers aren't bad, but there's nothing flashy either. They don't have Greg Olson, a tight end, does not appeal me at all. I like Christian McCaffrey. You know, it's really the one thing I really like and trust in that offense. Not sure about the O-line. The defense has nice little pieces like Luke Keekley, but they have a ton of holes there. I just think their roster's a hot mess. I'm not a fan of the Carolina Panthers this season. And my... And now I'm going to move over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My ceiling for the Bucs, 11-5, grabbing the five seed and losing in the NFC wildcard round loss. Call this bold. I've always had a little bit of a thing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. I don't know why. Um, their defense definitely has to scare you a lot. Yeah, last season they had Gerald McCoy, fill him in with Ndamukong and Sue. That gives you someone good at defensive tackle. They add Devin White at uh, linebacker, who I think, think should come in and be a good playmaker for you and help out that defense a little bit. Overall, I look at the defense, though, one of the worst in the league. I do hope Sue can outplay McCoyle at least a little bit to help that uh, defensive front seven. I hope Devin White can make a huge impact in his first season and be an amazing playmaker and kind of do what, like, Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley do for the Panthers and Seahawks. I'm not saying up to that level, but something like that. And just kind of, if he'd have to become a very good inside linebacker and playmaker right away, and I'm not sure if he can right away. I think he'd be a great player. I love the kid. But um, 11-5-5 seed. The reason is you've got Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer. If Jameis Winston all of a sudden 
totally just plays out of his mind this season, which I could actually see happening. I think under Bruce Arians, there's a possibility Jameis Winston plays well. Am I, am I saying he'll play out of his mind this season? No, but I don't. I actually don't count it out. They don't have a horrible receiving corpse. It's nothing elite, but it's not nothing bad either. Their running game's not great, but they could potentially make a move. I think if they start to do well at the beginning of the season, they'll look to trade for a guy like Melvin Gordon, or they feel confident in their uh, team. Not sure about the offensive line, though. Overall, there's just a lot of holes on this Buccaneers team, but I think if a few players play out of their mind and a few units on the team overachieve a little bit, Overall, the Buccaneers, you know, they're going to have a lot of holes, but they're going to be able to play to their strengths, go 11-5, and five, and uh, go to the NFC Divisional round. I could, you know, that might be a little bit too high of a ceiling, but the Buccaneers have potential. Am I saying they'll go to the playoffs? No. But I think they could potentially do it if they, if they're, but if they hit their potential and play to their strengths. My floor for them is 5-11. and 11. It's simple. Yeah, you've got the ceiling to do solid things, but in reality, you've got a five and eleven floor. I mean, they struggled last season. I think they went right around five and eleven. I think the over under on them this season six and a half wins. Look at the Bucks. You know, maybe you could argue a four and twelve floor, but I think five and eleven's fair. I mean, I look at the their defense seems to be one of the worst in the league. James Winston has potential, especially under Bruce Arians, but there's no guarantee. You know, he'll get a whole lot better. The receiving core solid, but it's not enough to carry that horrible run game, bad offensive line, and what could be a under average quarterback along with the horrible defense. Like I just look at it overall. You know, if James Winston doesn't play well, if they don't make any moves at running back, if the defense doesn't improve that much, like I just look at it, this Bucks team could be in for a rough year. So now we are going to move on to our final division in the NFC West. Okay, so first we're going to start with the Los Angeles Rams. My ceiling, same as I had for the Saints, Chiefs, Packers, 13-3, first seed, Super Bowl champions. The Rams have such a complete roster. They have a great head coach. I don't think Jared Goff truly is very good, but I think under Sean McVay and under the system, Jared Goff is an over-average quarterback, Pro Bowl-type quarterback in this system. Truly, talent-wise, I know he's the first overall pick, but Jared Goff is not that good. I think in this system, though, he's a Pro Bowl-type quarterback. The receiving core is a bit sketchy. Brandon Cooks is coming off an injury in the Super Bowl. Cooper Cup's coming off a big injury. We'll have to see what they do. You know, they've got a bit of a hole up there, tight end, but they've still got guys like Robert Woods. And I think they've got, you know, one of the two, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup's bound to come back from injury. They've got some guys in that depth chart that can step up. Todd Gurley's a bit of a question mark as well, but. They've got good backups there. They've got solid backups there, nothing special. But I think Todd Gurley's arthritis in his knees bore something that will affect him later in his career, so he still should be a solid back. Uh, the offensive line is nothing too special, but it's still very good. And their defense is just very complete. I feel like their defense tends to get underrated a little. Their secondary is a ton of uh, talent. They're, fr- you know, Aaron Donald's great. I mean, he can just carry a front four. Their linebackers could get a little better, a little faster, but overall, I mean, by the talent they're surrounded with, it's nothing too, too bad. 
Uh, and I think the Rams could easily go 13-3 and and win the Super Bowl this season if they play up to their standards. And their floor is 9-7. and Some people some people have thought the Rams will regress this season. Obviously, there's a possibility for it. Let's say, you know, I don't know, the receiving core really struggles this season. Todd Gurley, you know, struggles this season as well, and that hurts Jared Goff. I mean, that could very well hurt Jared Goff, and maybe the defense will still play well and, and things like that. You know, I could see 9-7 and is not a horrible record. You know, I, I could see the offense, like the weapons really struggling around Jared Goff and the Jared Goff struggles. The offense has a very underwhelming year. The defense still has a pretty good year. They go 9-7. and seven. I'd say that's pretty realistic. Something like that happens, I could see them going 9-7, and seven, missing out on the playoffs, especially if, like, the Seahawks, you know, maybe go ten and six or eleven and five and win the division, or maybe the Niners come out of nowhere, like something like that. I doubt it will be the Cardinals there, but maybe the Seahawks or possibly in the Niners. But if that happens, where the offense really is underwhelming, I could see them going nine and seven. Uh, just you look at it again. I don't really see the defense underachieving too much, but again, if Todd Gurley does not play well this season, the receiving core is really underwhelming due to those injuries last season. They could potentially go 9-7 and miss out on the playoffs. All right, so now we are going to move over to the Seattle Seahawks. My ceiling for the Seahawks, 12-4, grabbing the two seed, losing in the NFC Championship game. Call it bold, I'll call it bold even. That That's a bold ceiling for the Seahawks team. I'm not a huge fan, huge, huge fan of the, the Seahawks team just because I feel like I hate their receiving core. Hate it. I think Tyler Lockett is underrated in some aspects, but he's one of those players who's underrated, but then people tend to overrate him. Kind of like, uh, I don't want to say Pascal Siakam, because he's now, uh, remember when Pascal Siakam, maybe right before the playoffs started, when people didn't overrate him too much, so- something like that, but then some people would go ahead and overrate him. One of those players that's overall underrated, but then when some people really seek him out, they overrate him. He's a great special teams guy, and he's a nice little receiver, but he's nothing special, and he's their best receiver. They have nothing at tight end. When Tyler Lockett's your best receiver and your second best receiver, no one can name, maybe DK Metcalf, who's a total work in progress. That is really sad. Uh, Their running back core overall doesn't have any big name, but it's just such a good group overall that it led the league in rushing last season. Who would have known? So the running back core... The running backs on that roster are not good, but as a core, they're very good. And Russell Wilson is just such a talented quarterback. I mean, he he's horrible protection, horrible weapons, and he turns that offense into something. Defensively, injuries really killed him last season. They have a lot of missing pieces, but then you look at guys like Frank Clark, uh, Bobby Wagner's a huge one. Wagner's someone who just carries that defense. He's their glue guy. He glues that defense all together. And he does not miss a tackle, doesn't miss a beat. I think he's the best inside linebacker in the league. I could see the Seahawks going 12-4, making the NFC Championship game if maybe Russell Wilson really, really plays out of his mind and makes those weapons. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't need good weapons. He just plays out of his mind and makes his weapons look good. And maybe that defense steps up a little more uh, than expected. It plays even a little better than last season, which I could see happening. I could see him going 12-4, and four, just kind of gluing together all as a team. Maybe the talent's not there, but we glue together, go 12-4. and four. My floor for them, though, 7-9. and nine. 
possibly even 6-10. and 10. Listen, last season we thought they were going to go into rebuilds. They started the season off tough. It was a tough start. They kind of picked things up at the end of the season, make it to the playoffs. They lost in the first round, given, but they have playoff experience. Their quarterback has playoff experience. They've been to the Super Bowl twice under Russell Wilson, winning one Super Bowl. So I could see them going far. I just think last year I was shocked that they lost to the Cowboys, but I wouldn't blame that all on Russell Wilson. Uh, we'll see what happens. The roster hasn't made too many adjustments, but I think Pete Carroll's a good coach, just not in the Super Bowl. Okay, I, I had to crack that joke as a Patriots fan. Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. Bobby Wagner's great inside linebacker. They're running. Don't forget they re- led the league in rushing yards last season, stuff like that. But 7-9, possibly even 6-10 and 10 for me at the Seahawks team. I could potentially see them kind of going into a tanking slash rebuild mode this season if they get off to that tough start. Uh, well, I don't think they'll ever intentionally tank, but I think they could potentially just kind of fail this season. Uh, and kind of continue what they did those first seven weeks of the season. All right, so now we are going to get to the San Francisco 49ers. My ceiling for them is 11-5, and five, grabbing the four seed and losing in the NFC Divisional round. The 49ers, I don't really see them making the playoffs. I thought they were going to go 9-7 and seven last season and grab the six seed. Boy, was I wrong. They were the second worst team in the league last year. I was so off with that prediction. It's embarrassing, but I'm okay. Like making, I'm okay with making bad predictions because I look at it and say everyone makes bad predictions. If you're not making bad predictions, you're either a time traveler or you just you're not trying. You're not you're not trying. You're not a good sport. Either you're not trying. Three things, I guess. You're either a time traveler. You're either, which is, you're probably not, you're a um, bad sports journalist or bad sports fan, whatever, or you're just not trying. Or that's not your field, making predictions. You have to go bold sometimes. I went bold with that prediction. I failed, yeah. But every good sports fan, sports journalist, sports podcaster that makes predictions is going to fall flat on their face. The ones that make good predictions. The only way you're going to make a good bold prediction work is by actually making the bold prediction. It's not going to work every time. That one was a total fail. The 49ers, I just look at, and I don't think they're very good. They only forced, they only got two interceptions last season. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look good in practice. Um, and I, I just, you know, five interceptions in a row at one point. I just look at Jimmy G. I'm not really sure. I, I don't know. He's been banged up before. Are these injuries going to start catching up to him? I look at it all around the core around him. The running back core does not look bad on paper, but, you know, Matt Breida may be a sleeper, but, you know, that last season it was that a fluke. You know, you got Jarek McKinnon. He, he was banged up last season. Tevin Coleman will at least be solid. But that running back core is a little, looks good, but it is a little iffy to me. I've got some questions about it as well. I look at the receiving core. I'm not a huge fan. The offensive line, I'm not a big fan at all. I uh, do think they made some adjustments. Like, Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey is great on those tackle positions, but, like, the inside of that line is not good. And then defensively, they just don't have a whole lot. Only two interceptions. Richard Sherman's constantly been banged up. They just can't force turnovers. And But I do think if Jimmy Garoppolo plays well and stays healthy this season, which is entirely possible, he can make that offense really. Because when Jimmy Garoppolo 
has been healthy and played well, the 49ers have done really well. It really comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo. The defense can play bad. He might not have great weapons, but if Jimmy Garoppolo plays well, the Niners have a shot. It's that simple. My floor for them, 5-11. and 11. Possibly even 4-10. and 10. I mean, 4-12. and 12. Because I could see Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt early in the season and not playing well in those games that he played. And then the 49ers season's over. Basically, a repeat of last season is entirely possible because Jimmy G has just not been able to stay healthy. Then we move over to the, our last team, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, my ceiling for the Cardinals has to be 6-10. and 10. Call it disrespectful, but the Cardinals just frankly suck. Okay? They're horrible. I hate those people who call it disrespectful. It's not my fault. Your team is bad, and you guys really don't have any potential this upcoming season. Kyler Murray could potentially have a solid rookie campaign. I don't think he'll have any Pro Bowl season, but it, it, he could have like an average year. But it still wouldn't matter. David Johnson's a good running back, but he has to be able to stay healthy. Even if he you know, plays up to you know, expectations, He's not going to be able to carry that offense. The O-line is just absolutely atrocious. They don't have anything in the receiving core. They've got Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald uh, are really the only names that can come to mind. Yeah, and their defense is not bad. I'll give you that. You know, that you added um, C.J. Mosley over the offseason. They were a top-five pass rushing unit last season. I'll give you that. The defense is underrated, and it's not horrible. It's arguably top 10 to 12 in the league, but that offense just isn't good enough. Even if Kyler Murray plays average, David Johnson has a solid year. It just won't be enough. 6-10 and 10 for the Cardinals, my ceiling. You could potentially bump that up to 7-9 and nine if the defense all of a sudden moves up to like a top 7 unit in the league. Kyler Murray has a Pro Bowl year. David Johnson you know, is back to like his 2016 form, something like that. And I don't know. And Cliff Kingsbury ends up shocking me and a lot of people and goes for coach of the year. I don't know. But even that, they're not going to go like over 8-8. Eight and eight. So I just don't think they have a very high ceiling. My floor 2-14. and 14. They're just not good. It's just going to be another bad year for Cardinals fans. Cardinals fans are probably excited to see the last years of Larry Fitzgerald soak that all in. They're not excited to see the last years of Larry Fitzgerald, but they're probably look, you know, they're probably going into the season saying, "All right, we get to watch a little C.J. Mosley in a Cardinals uniform. We get to watch the last, we get to soak in those last years of Larry Fitzgerald. We get to watch our new quarterback Kyler Murray in this new system and Cliff Kingsbury, um, and we get to." Potentially watch David Johnson just have another exciting season if he can stay healthy. And get excited for the draft because you guys are going to have another high draft pick. So that's all I have for today's episode. I know uh, after, you know, I know me just doing it myself, just discussing the ceiling and floor for these teams. That's why I want to get more people on the podcast because I know it is not as entertaining when I do an episode myself. I know that. It's hard. I can't guarantee someone's going to join me every episode. If I can just get Colin on, that's good. You know, I know the listens go up when I have a special guest. It's Here's the thing. I sit here and say it's more fun to do with the special guest, even just not even a special guest, just a guest. And it's more uh, entertaining for you guys to listen when I do with the guest. So I'm going to try to get you know more and more people on. Because when I do it with myself, I'm like talking to a wall. I don't mind doing it by myself every once in a while. Like sometimes if I... If I'm doing by a guest for like four or five straight days, and I'm a little frustrated that day. I just want to do one myself. That's fine. And I can actually make a solid episode. I don't think, I'm not saying I'm doing like horrible by myself, but I do think it is a little better 
Uh, and it's a little more fun for me and more fun to listen to, more entertaining for you guys when I'm joined by somebody. So sorry about no episode these past three days. Sorry Anchor acted up so you guys couldn't listen to the um, whole episode with me, Thomas, and Noah. It would have been really fun. Hopefully I can get the two of them back on. Uh, Thomas obviously likes doing podcasts. He has one of uh, on his own, the tip-off. Go listen to that. We just did an episode recently on his, and he liked doing football as well. Noah had only done one before on the tip-offs, and he said he really enjoyed it. He was actually bummed out we couldn't keep doing it because he was just like, yeah, I was, I was actually having fun doing it. So hopefully I can get the two of them on a lot more. I can get Colin on a lot more just so that way you guys have that special guest, uh, that guest even, so that way you guys stay entertained. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Again, that's after the buzzer sports talk, all lowercase, no spaces. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you all next time.